0: Welcome to the SPE Podcast, powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers. You're listening to the February 2024 episode of the SPE President's Podcast with Terry Palish. Creating our energy future, the value of publishing technical papers for your career. And now your moderator, SPE Senior Editorial Operations Manager, Brian Hibbard. Hello, I'm Brian Hibbard, Senior Editorial Operations Manager for SPE. Uh, I'm pleased to join 2024 President Terry Palish on his monthly podcast episode. This month, Terry will continue his discussion about the ways we connect our members to technology, by focusing on SP papers, uh, JPT journals, and other SP publications.
1: Terry, uh, thank you for inviting me to join you on this topic. Well, good morning, Brian, and thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time to be the host. I thought you'd make a good um, host for this topic, so thanks for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so you know, we, in December, we talked a little bit about regional sections and how I think that they are really the face of SPE, and how a lot of people think of regional sections as, you know, when they think of SP, they think of that. And I think SP papers. JPT, our journals, is the same is in the same uh, boat of that. Um, they're really the, some of the key aspects of being an SP member, um, reading the papers or writing papers, reading their JPT. Um, but as you mentioned in the opening, it's also front and center to our mission statement, um, the, particularly the connecting our members to technology. Um, it's one of the primary ways we do that. Um, but it also plays a role in connecting our members to other members. So I thought it would be important To spend this month uh, talking about the importance of papers, uh, the JPT, um, and really continuing our focus on how members can get the most out of their uh, SP membership and, and of course, uh, in turn, create their energy future. Great. Yeah. SP SP papers mean a lot to
0: me. Uh, I manage the journals as well as the conference papers here at SP. And I I know they are very special for you as well. Um, When we did our uh, How to Write a Good Abstract podcast or not podcast webinar together a couple months ago, um, we got to hear a lot about uh, your opinions and and how to write a great abstract. So um, why do you think SP papers are so important?
1: Well, uh, let me just tell you a quick story. I mean, I'll just to just illustrate how, I, how important they are. So when I was... Uh, A member of the Dallas section several years ago before I had become chair and everything with the education chair, Danny Bell, asked me, uh, he knew I'd written a bunch of papers um, and he thought that and his committee thought that writing papers were very important. So they actually asked me to put on a little webinar uh, or not webinar, but actually a seminar on how to write SP papers. And that's actually led to the uh, webinar that you were just talking about, about writing an abstract. So, you know, I think uh, it's very important. Um, You know, if you think about technical papers, um, engineers in all industries write technical papers. They do it to disseminate information. They do it to memorialize their ideas, their discoveries, things like that. So it's important to any profession that we write and document. But, you know, when it comes to S.P.E., um, I say that I think they're critical to S.P.E. You know, without them, we don't have conferences, uh, we don't have symposia. Um, they're a critical part of that. Um, of course, they enrich our SP library, uh, which is of course, one Petro our online library. Uh, but, in, and again, in the end, it's, it's the way we disseminate technology and information to our members. Um, but it's also important to authors. And I think it's sometimes important that authors understand why it's important to them because they have to do the heavy lifting. They are the ones who have to do the writing. Sometimes they have to do it in their off time. Um, and I, I, in in my webinar you know you can get more information on it but you know i talk about exposure um, you know, if you write a paper, you get exposure. My fifty-plus papers have been downloaded over fifty thousand times. Um, they have longevity. Of course, it goes in one Petro and stays there forever. Um, my one of my oldest papers, the one I wrote in nineteen ninety-four, actually is still being downloaded uh, periodically. So um, you have longevity, and then of course your reputation. Um, I can see that some of my papers have been cited over hundred times. Um, but you know, in the end, I think it's pro- our professional obligation to the society and to others in our industry because you know it helps our industry advance as a whole. Um, one other thing I do want to point out because a lot of people talk about you know maybe their company either does or doesn't encourage them to write papers, but it's also important to your company to get exposure whether you're a service company or supply company and you can help uh, show the benefits of your products or it's um, an operator or an oil and gas company where you get to uh, increase your uh, exposure and your your reputation and and maybe it allows you to hire some uh, good and talented people. So it's all it's just really important, I think, that for people to be involved in writing papers. Great. Uh, For those who have not been involved with
0: our technical papers before, can you explain what the process for writing SP paper is?
1: yeah, let me just point out a couple of brief things because again, I do spend a lot of time talking about this in that webinar and I would like to point people to that if if you want more information. But there's really two primary ways to get a paper written and, and into the SP system or OnePetro. Uh, and most of us understand the traditional way. You know, that's through an SP conference or symposium. Um, you'll recall from our my November pod, our podcast, we talked a little bit about conferences. Or We hold SPs 35 to 40 of them every year. Each one of those has papers associated with them. So you go to sp.org, look at the events calendar, find a conference you like, uh send in your abstract um of course make sure that you can travel to that conference make sure that you can write the paper Um, but the selection committee goes ahead and selects you write the paper you present the paper which of course is important to present it and then it goes into one petro the other one that a lot of people don't as familiar with though is that you can actually write the entire paper and submit it directly to peer review so it's direct to peer which means um the, it goes through the peer review process, and it gets accepted or rejected as a paper as a whole. Uh, if it's accepted, of course, it's then published in the SP Journal and goes into one OnePetro. Um, I, I would like to point out, though, that conference papers can also go through peer review. Maybe we'll talk about that next. But um, if you want your paper to go into the journal then you send it into peer review as well. So I'd say right now, I think my, my understanding on the numbers is about 60% of the submissions to the journals come from direct uh, right. to peer, and I think about 40% uh, come from conference papers. Great. Uh, tell
0: us more about uh, OnePatro as well as peer review in the journals.
1: Well, uh, OnePetro was established as OnePetro in 2007. Um, we had about 60,000 documents. OnePetro is actually the repository then for all of our SP papers and, and other items. Uh, today, there's over 1.2 million searchable items from all sources. And when I say all sources, what I mean by that is um, we, we, SP manages OnePetro. But we also have other member societies and publishing partners. So th- things like ARMA, Rock Mechanics Association, or SEG, SPWE, OTC, all of those entities also uh, have their papers uh, and their items in OnePetro as well. Um, OnePetro has is a hugely uh, popular site. We get about 900 visitors every hour, every hour millions of views every year. Um, about 5,000 papers, SP papers, go into OnePetro each year out of thousands of abstracts. So the peer review process then is the way you get papers submitted and published into a journal. Um, It's a very rigorous process. I've had, I've sent in probably about a dozen of my papers to peer review from a conference and I've had about half of them make it through. So it is rigorous. You usually have to do a fair amount of editing. Um, And I'd say, I think the number is about 400 papers actually make it to peer review through peer review, excuse me, um, and into the journal every every year. So it's very selective. Um, I think if you do the numbers out of all the abstracts that are submitted, if you, it ends up being about 5% of all abstracts actually make it all the way into a journal. Um, so uh, if you look at how many are actually sent to the journal, that's papers, only about thir- a third of them. So it's very selective. Um, the SP Journal itself, which is then the journal where those papers will go, was first published in 1961. Uh, it has. It was actually followed by several separate journals. Um, most of you of the re- listeners under remember them. Um, there were major disciplines like drilling and completion journal, the production operations journal, and so on. Last year, uh, SPE made the decision, or about a year and a half ago, to suspend uh, the four journals that we had at the time and combine them all into the SPE journal. Um it was important to do so. Um, a lot of people were asking for this. Uh, it really makes the SP Journal more prestigious. Um, so each of those, the SP Journal now has sections in it. It'll have sections for the drilling and completions, production operations, all those former journals. So the journal itself will be a larger copy. So you still have the same number of papers from the individual's. Um, but what it does is it makes that SP Journal more prestigious and it also helps improve the impact factor, which is something that's very important, particularly to academia and, and people who are concerned about impact factors of the journals in which they're being published in. I do want to point out one other thing. Um, you, you didn't ask this, but we also have five magazines in addition to the SP Journal. Magazines are things like the Way Ahead Uh, for young professionals, um, the oil and gas facilities, JPT, things like that. Um, Authors can also submit papers or ideas for papers or case histories or maybe feature articles and guest editorials to those magazines uh, if they want to be published as well.
0: Great. So you mentioned uh, impact factors and um, serving academia. Um, what if you could explain about open access, which is a newer topic. Um, and do authors have an option to publish open access with SPE?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Brian. You know, I uh, it's something I didn't really quite understand until I was on the board several years ago, and we were dealing with this. So the way it works is traditional subscription subscription based publishing uh, is where the reader pays for access to the document. So the publisher like in our case, S.P.E. holds the copyright. Um, There's no no charge for getting the paper into the system or Petro, but then if you want to download it, you have to pay for it. Or if you're a member, for example, you get 10 free downloads, um, or maybe your company has a bulk download, things like that. That's traditionally how most journals or papers work in other platforms. However, over the last several years, uh, there's a concept that has now become being more popular, and that is something called open access. And in this case... The author actually pays up front to retain the copyright, and then the paper can be downloaded for free from the, the platform, like in our case, one OnePetro. Um, I mentioned this before, but in many cases, this is really important to academia because they want their papers to have high impact factors. So you want them to be downloaded. And so um, open access also is mandated by some countries and some institutions, especially in Europe as well. So it was important to, to provide this type of uh, opportunity. So last year or in 2022, two years ago, SP instituted what we call hybrid hybrid open access. And what that means is you can follow the traditional route submit your paper to One OnePetro, uh, no charge, and let people download it for a charge, or you have the option to pay for open access. So put in perspective, if you're a member and you want to put your paper as, into open access, uh, it costs you $2,000 one-time fee, and then people can download it for free, or if you're a non-member, it's 2,500. So that's, that's kind of how open access works. And yes, we do have a hybrid option at, at SPE to do that.
0: Thank you, Terry. Uh- You talked about our magazines earlier. Um, How do those fit in? And I also I noticed that there's uh, papers that are published in these magazines as well. Um, Can you explain more about magazines?
1: Yeah, a lot of those magazines, as I mentioned before, are targeted uh, to to specific areas. So, like, uh, The Way Ahead is for young professionals. Uh, They curate material from existing papers. They may curate material from guest editorials, things like that. Um, And it goes for all the others. One I'd probably like to key on would be JPT, the Journal of Petroleum Technology. Um, JPT, of course, is our flagship publication of SPE. Um, It actually was first begun in 1949. So it was begun actually before SPE became an entity. It it started with the petroleum branch of AIME, of course, our precursor. Um, So, of course, if it's 1949, then that makes this year actually the 75th anniversary for JPT. So JPT has been around for a long time. It's been a a huge success for uh, SPE now. Um, It was originally established with the goal of being the dominant industry publication, uh, of course, and would we wanted some? They wanted something that would be respected by industry, and I and I think, quite frankly, they've accomplished that. I mean, for most people, JPT is is kind of like the Bible for them for for oil and gas and and source of information in our industry. Um, I do have a little side note: the first edition in 1949 had four papers in it. Two of them, I think, you will find kind of interesting. So. One of them was called Hydraulic Process for Increasing the Productivity of Wells. Um, it was J.B. Clark's paper that actually introduced the birth of hydraulic fracturing. Um, so that happened in 1949, in the or late 40s. Um, another paper in there was called The Middle Eastern Oil and, Oil and Its Importance to the World. So I think about today and how fitting that is. I mean, uh, the first publication of JPT actually highlighted two extremely important topics today, hydraulic fracturing and what it's done for the world and our supply, and also then, of course, the importance of the Middle East um, to the world's supply of oil. So, JPT. JPT is available only to members. It is our publication. Of course, it's now a digital publication. Um, we went digital uh, after COVID um, as a cost-saving measure, and then we instituted f- it finally as uh, all always digital, if you will. Um, And we did that because not just costs, but there was a lot of members who said, look, we just really shouldn't be printing anymore. We should be doing this digitally. It's been more environmentally conscious. Um, And quite frankly, there were a lot of uh, JPTs that were going at being returned. They were going into bins. So it was just the right thing to do. Um, We get uh, it still comes in a downloadable PDF format if you want it. So if you want to print it out and read it, you can do that. Um, But because it's digital now, you know, we get 2 million page views every year at JPT, so it's it's wildly popular, um, almost 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. But the important thing is, JPT contains articles that are written by staff. Um, so we have on-staff editors, Typically, they're looking, going to conferences um, and listening to papers and listening to, to uh, workshops, and they're writing articles about really what's cutting-edge tech, edge technology. So by reading JPT, you get to stay up on what's, what's uh, on the horizon, the hot topics. There may be paper summaries in there. Typically, those are done on their own. They don't, there's no peer review for it. They just they, they summarize the paper, um, or they may summarize a conference, things like that. Um, The other thing is, you know, since J.P.T. is our primary source of information for our members, it also contains information. So things like member awards, people who have gotten awards, uh, maybe, of course, it has a section on who have passed away from our uh, membership um, and other items of interest to the membership. Um, And, of course, if you're reading this column, not listening to it, but if you're reading my column, you're actually reading it in J.P.T. So that's another part, of course, of J.P.T., the transcript of this podcast.
0: So we've talked a lot about the benefits of writing papers, uh, and I know you've written or co-authored over 50 papers. Um, how has that benefited you personally?
1: Well, uh, quite frankly, the first papers I ever wrote were when I was at ARCO. And the reason I wrote my very first paper was because I wanted to attend an SP conference. And at ARCO, you either had to kind of wait your turn rotation or you wrote a paper. And so a colleague of mine and I wrote a paper we attended the conference, um, and uh, and actually, it was really cool. I, I was hooked when I saw, you see your name on a paper, you see your name in the program. Um, of course, you go through the stress of presenting the paper, um, and but it's a sense of accomplishment. But, uh, you know, eventually, when I got to Carbo, um, it was, of course, an important aspect of my job to write articles and papers about technical information um, to the industry, field trials, uh, and disseminate information that way. Um But as far as how it's benefited me, uh, I'll tell you a little secret, um, which it won't be after I say this, but my very first evaluation when I was at ARCO uh, my first year, um, I was told by my supervisor that I had very poor technical writing skills and my presenting skills were terrible and that I really needed to work on that. Um, So I won't say that I started writing papers to improve that, but I can tell you that writing papers and presenting those papers have improved my technical writing skills dramatically. And I would hope that that supervisor now would look, look at my writing skills and say, okay, you've got this a bit better figured out. But um but whether it's writing the papers or working with others to write papers or making the presentations or defending them in front of a crowd of course that sometimes is pretty stressful for people but you know as you do that it helps you personally it helps you grow and it's helped me grow and frankly it's been a huge boost to my career here at Carbo particularly um, but also my career at spe. Um, I I have no doubt that if I hadn't started writing papers and making presentations that I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you uh, today.
0: Well, Terry, your, your theme again, it's to help members understand how they can get the most out of their membership. Um, Can you summarize how members can use conference papers, journals and JPT to their benefit?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good question, Brian. I appreciate you asking that, you know, um, I've talked about this in the past. I, I think that there's really four critical steps to furthering your professional development. Um, one is learning, another participating, volunteering and leading. Um, in my view, papers, the journals, JPT, you know, these all provide us opportunities to learn and participate in particular. Um, we get to learn and stay current on our technologies by reading SP papers, um, whether it's on uh, OnePetro or via the journals, um, as well as, you know, just staying current in what's going on in our industry by reading JPT. Um, you know, I've, I've heard several influential people um, in the industry talk about how, you know, they always have a paper on their desk or in the queue that they're reading so that they're always learning. Um, so of course, I think it's obvious how you can stay up to date and connect with technology and help yourself that way. But, but let's also not forget the participation part. Um, you know, you participate by writing papers, uh, as I mentioned before, for me personally, it increases your exposure to others in the industry. Um, it helps you hone your writing skills. Um, it helps you hone your presentation skills. Um, and ultimately, by the way, let's not forget, it helps you expand your network, um, You get to meet a global community, Um, you get to meet the session chairs, you get to meet the other co-authors, you get to meet the people who come up to you after you've made that presentation of the paper and they ask you questions and they give you your card. Um, The other participation, I think I want to just point out one thing we didn't mention uh, is that you can also be a technical editor or reviewer, so again, peer review is done by volunteers uh, volunteer members are the ones who read the the peer review papers and provide feedback to authors so um, we have hundreds of reviewers, but those technical editors um, they 're critical to the process as well so that 's another opportunity for you to to participate um, and further your your career um, so you know you know i like to use the the uh, analogy of the gym membership the more you put into it the more you get out of it and, and sp membership again is the same way i think one of the key ways to do that of course is reading and writing and presenting papers um, of course staying up to date with what's going on in the industry by reading jpt um, and you know hopefully the more you do that the more you'll develop professionally um, and ultimately you'll continue to create your energy future
0: Well, Terry, it's been great to talk to you today. Uh, What are you planning to talk about next month?
1: Well, Brian, let me just say thank you for hosting. Um, You've done a great job and I really appreciate it. Um, Let me just make a quick reminder. Uh, So nominations for the International Awards uh, closes in two weeks. So on February 15th, those nominations close, and then for regional awards, they close at the end of the month, end of February. So uh, make sure you get your well-deserving colleagues nominated so that they can be recognized at our awards banquets and awards banquets around the world. Um, As for next month, Uh, i think we're going to cover uh how members can use sp to grow their expertise or to continue to grow their expertise and we'll i think we'll dive into a few different things things like the energy stream uh, maybe touch on what petrowiki and webinars um and probably talk a little bit about the distinguished lectures and how important they are um it'll also be after our uh our recent board meeting so i may may give a little recap on the board meeting but you know, as always, look, I hope that these podcasts are helping everyone find ways to, you know, again, get the most out of their SPE membership and create their energy future. Thank you. We hope you've
0: enjoyed this edition of the SPE Presidents Podcast, Creating Our Energy Future with Terry Palish. New episodes are posted at the beginning of each month, complete with transcripts on the Journal of Petroleum Technology website at jpt.spe.org.